1: For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com. Over, we're going to talk Warriors for the next little while. As I said, you can give us a text on double eight double three if you want a question or join the conversation. Um, And you can give us a call, 0800 150 811. Uh, But a good friend of the show, Will Evans, he's the host of the Warriors Life podcast. He's a good analyst of the game. He's a big Warriors fan, and he joins the show now. Uh, morning, Will. Uh, how have you uh, brushed up on Monday morning, mate, following Saturday night?
0: Uh, look, much the same as the last few weeks, Sam. Uh, thanks for having me, by the way, mate. Um, yeah, another diabolical loss. Uh, probably close to the worst yet, I think, just uh, from what we saw against Manley, the lack of intent, uh, the goal-line defence. Um Yeah, lack of imagination and intent on attack, they just don't seem like a a group of guys pulling in the same direction, and um, yeah, you're just waiting for for something to change, um, and it just keeps getting worse. (laughs)
1: Mate, you know, it's been a it's been a difficult couple of weeks for the club given, you know, that we had the Matt Lodge situation, a bit of turmoil with the owner and then there were comments from Mark saying that, you know, Nathan Brown wasn't gonna move on until, you know, at least next year. Um there's just so much going on at the club. Do you think that's what's affecting them on the weekend or is there other things at play? Are there players individually that aren't stepping up?
0: Yeah, it's gotta have some sort of effect, but you often see teams going through a bit of turmoil and, and especially what we saw with the Mark Robertson, Matt Lodge situation a couple of weeks ago. Teams come out and, and really show something, it sort of galvanizes them, pulls them together. Um, if anything they've been been getting worse and, you know, losing to some pretty ordinary teams and then getting flogged by anyone that's half decent. Um yeah, it's really worrying signs. Obviously, don't know exactly what's going on in the players' heads, and if there's any sort of um, sort of factional uh, breakdown there. But yeah, the the signs are pretty um, pr- pretty worrying.
1: You're a um, you're a great analyst of the game. Well, I know you watch it very very closely. Um, I imagine the problems that we saw against Manly on Saturday are the problems we have been seeing for the last few weeks. Where is it really going wrong on the park for us?
0: Uh, it's, it's everywhere mate um, Yeah, obviously Sean Johnson is struggling and, and it all sort of kicked off from, from a couple of poor kicks from from him and, and I'm a massive fan of Sean Johnson but he's just not travelling very well at the moment uh, a couple of poor kicks and Manly got on the front foot and, and were on the front foot until half time pretty much um, but yeah that, that lack it's just the attitude area beyond that um, goal line defence is just all about attitude and, and Manly were basically allowed to just fall over the line a few times there. Um, and just, there's no cohesion in attack, um, going sideways, no one's digging into the line. And yeah, it, Nathan Brown talks about they, they train well during the week. It honestly looks like a bunch of guys that haven't had a training run together.
1: What's, what's sort of different about what's going on at the moment? I've been a Warriors fan for a number of years. A lot of people out there, um, Will, are saying that, you know, th- these are the final straws. You know, a lot of them can't, can't do it anymore. But the Warriors have struggled for a number of years, you know, since the inception back in 95. There's been some pretty lean moments in their history. But what feels different about this year and some of the results they've been dishing up recently?
0: Um, I think the, the fact that the you don't feel like they can beat anyone at the moment. That The Warriors have always been, you know, that unpredictable team that have that attacking flair um, and are capable of of just, you know, flipping the script out of nowhere and beating someone, you know, giving someone a hiding or, or beating someone that they shouldn't. Um, this, this team is close to, you know, down with the, the Bulldogs and those sort of teams as um, the least threatening attacking teams in the competition. Um, and on top of having the worst attack, uh, worst, worst defense on the competition, in the competition, it's a pretty uh, bad combination. Um, it just doesn't feel like, it, you know, even the, the Warriors teams of yesteryear that was so frustrating and would go on big losing streaks and that sort of thing, but, you know, this the team just doesn't feel like it. Like a team that can put any points on, or yeah, the identity of the club has disappeared, and uh, yes, yeah, they're just a really frustrating watch at the moment.
1: How much, um, do you think coming home is going to make? you know, a, a difference to this side because I know that's been talked about quite a bit and I've seen in a few of the forums and on Twitter, you know, people say, oh, we just got to get home. We just got to get back to Mount Smart and, you know, the boys can sort of regroup and, and get back to their spiritual home. But it's quite interesting, Will. I did some um, sort of stat finding and found that the last 50 games um, at Mount Smart before the Warriors went over for COVID, the last 50 games, they've only, only their win percentage is only 48%. So the idea that, you know, they're coming home to a, a bit of a fortress is somewhat of a myth. Can you see coming back to walk and Mount Smart solving any sort of issues?
0: Oh, look, if, if they weren't in such a hole, I definitely could. Um, you know, chances are we're going to be heading back on a seven-match losing streak with the Sharks and the Panthers before the um, the, the uh, representative buy. Um, but, yeah, as you say, it hasn't been the fortress that it built up to be, but I think this one, Jim, we have pl- uh, played at Mount Smart for three years is a bit of an outlier, and, and it should spark something, but... Given the hole that they're in, it, it, you know, it's—I don't know if it's going to be enough of a change. Obviously, the Tigers aren't exactly flying, um, but yeah, it's a pretty um, disappointing situation to be coming into such what should be such a, you know, momentous occasion for the club, it's, mm. um, it's feeling like it's going to be a bit flat at the moment. You know, at the moment, we've, we've lost nine of their first of the first 13 games in the season for the first time since 2004. Like, it, there's so wow. many stats that are historically bad about this team, but, um yeah, it's
1: mind-boggling. I'm going to get a few of those stats from you very very shortly. Um, look, Nathan Brown I mean, so much discussion around Nathan Brown over the last few weeks and I think a few people are in the camp of, the Warriors love to just get rid of a coach, you know, if things are going bad, we're sort of notorious for, for just ousting them straight away. There, there just seems to be something a bit different about Nathan Brown though, and the fact, like, is he the right guy for the job, despite the fact that he's struggling? Is he the right Man, to to turn it around, to build the right um, playing group, and to you know challenge for top eight in a premiership.
0: Uh, I don't think so. I was, I was um, not a fan of the hire in the first place uh, for a number of reasons, um, and I think we've seen enough of a sample size uh, to you know to see that he's not the right guy. I mean, tremendous guy, one of the most liked guys in rugby league, but mm. you know, that doesn't necessarily translate to being the coach that we need. Um, yeah, very similar uh, sort of trend to what we saw of, um, at Newcastle, but just condensed into a, a shorter time frame, um, his stint with the Warriors. But yeah, the defensive side of things is really concerning. 27.3 points per game conceded is the worst in the comp by a decent margin wow. last year. Last year it was 26 points per game, which was the worst since uh, that 2004 season when um, when Daniel Anderson pulled up stumps and threw Kempi a hand grenade mid-year and a bunch (laughs) of players. That was the worst season in our history at 28.9 points per game. Uh, We're heading very much towards that, the worst defensive season in in the history of of the club, which, you know, that's what it boils down to. You can't be uh, getting anywhere near the top eight when you're conceding 27-plus points per game.
1: So what, what do you do with Nathan Brown? Do you try and find, do you get rid of now, put like Stacey and Justin into that sort of caretaker role and find someone next year? Do you let Nathan see out the rest of 2022? I guess what's the answer around Nathan Brown as a coach?
0: Um, I'm not against that, letting him see out the season. Honestly, I can't see any situation where he, he uh, stays on and sees out his contract. That's even if he wants to. There's, you know, reading between the lines of, of him talking about how difficult it's been being away from his family, I, I don't see him going to Auckland, um, particularly on the back of a, a disappointing, uh, very, very disappointing season this year, um, just to go over there to see out one year of a contract, relocating to Auckland, um, and that's if the club would even want him to. Anyway, um, yeah, I, but I don't really see too much of a too much benefit in, in getting rid of him now. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if he stood down. Before the end of the year, yeah. and, and let us take a uh, jump in. But I think you know, probably what's best for the Warriors if they're uh, scouting who should be our next head coach and let them get to Auckland um, ahead of time and start setting things up, uh, rather than you know taking over from Nathan Brown, um, you know eight rounds out or whatever from the end of a, a wasted season.
1: Yeah. Um, mate, I'm a sucker for a stat. Um, I do love my stats, and you've uh, dug up a couple for us uh, this morning. What can you hit me with and uh, depress me even further? Yeah,
0: you've come to the right place, mate. Uh, so <laughs> five, five losses at the moment, um, and obviously the potential for quite a few more in a row. Uh, it's the worst losing streak before the end of June since 2007, uh, when they lost six straight. Uh, two two more losses and that the games against the Sharks and the Panthers coming up. We'll see see them equal the worst pre-July streak of seven, which happened in 97 and 2000. Um, Prior to 2000, just one Warriors coach had multiple five-game losing streaks on their CV. That was um, the hapless Mark Graham, obviously a very difficult tenure to be a coach. He had Mm. two five-plus game losing streaks. Uh, Nathan Brown's already got three in a season and a half. Um, Seven-game losing streak last year, five-game streak that bridged the end of last year and the start of this year, and now this current five-game losing streak. And yeah, as I said before, um, first time in 18 years we've lost nine of our first 13. That's after we, you know, won three of our first five and four of our first eight, which was actually better than most um, average Warriors seasons. So it paints a pretty
1: dire picture. Mate, yeah, that is incredible. Um, What about the the playing group, the the team that gets named, you know, every Tuesday? Is there any, I guess, changes there that you'd like to see, um, given that, you know, we've talked about this season basically being a failed season? Is there anything you'd like to see change there, you know, for the next 12 rounds?
0: Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. There's, there's a lot of calls for young guys to, to be brought in, obviously for Sean to be dropped and that sort of thing. I don't know whether throwing um, rookies into this um, in, into the frying pan here is, is necessarily the right thing. Um, obviously, you know, guys come back from Indra, like to see Jesse Arthur's back in the in the back line there. I've, I've been a pretty strong critic of, of our three-quarter line in general. Yeah. Um, throughout um, maybe a change-up in the halves. Uh, in some respects there's been plenty of people uh, calling for Reese Walsh to get a, a go on the halves. I'm not totally against that at the moment. Um, yeah, Dejan Nasi probably could uh, could do with a, with a few more games to see what he's he's got. Um, obviously Chanel's not, not going to be with us beyond this year. Um, yeah, is there much point in and running Chanel out if, if we're no chance of the finals which I'd uh, definitely say that we're not um yeah and they obviously need Adam Vanilla Blake back um the, the middle has been the, our middle forwards has been getting steamrolled and, and you know poor old Jazz Tavunga who's trying his guts out as in the prop forward mm-hmm. um I can't, can't see why they wouldn't start with Bunty Afoa at the moment that would be one of the first changes I'd, I'd make while Adam's out he's been our best prop for, for the last few weeks um but yeah, it's just shuffling uh, deck chairs on the Titanic at the moment.
1: Absolutely. And I guess the tough thing too is, you know, whilst it's it's all well and good to say, hey, bring in the young guys, the guys that are leaving like Chanel and even Jesse Arthurs, you know, hasn't signed on for next year, you know, just leave them out and bring in these young guys. But if we did that and we started losing by 70 points every week, that's probably not benefiting anyone as well, uh, including the youngsters. They sort of need to be around some of these experienced guys. What about, um, what about Cameron George? Because... I sort of look at. I've always been a fan of Cameron George and, and the way that he operates and how open he generally is um, with the media. But I guess when you look at his tenure going back to 2017, I mean, we made the eight that the sort of first year he was in charge, and since then it's sort of been going backwards um, to I guess failed coaches um, under his tenure. Is Cameron George the right CEO for the Warriors? Uh, look, Cameron's been
0: pretty generous with his time towards me. I don't want to be. Uh, overly critical, and it's, it's hard to know when you don't know exactly what's going on behind the scenes. But yeah, the last, and again, the challenges that they've had to deal with as far as relocating to Australia and, and remaining there for coming up on three years. Um, you know, you, you've got to tip your hat to them for that. But uh, some of the the big decisions, the sort of club-changing decisions, obviously, uh, um, not, I've been pretty critical of, of what I consider his role in the Sean Johnson fiasco at the end of 2018 to be. Um, you know, the the Steve Kearney sacking, uh, which you'd have to put down to, to Cameron and, and Mark Robinson, was pretty diabolical um, and the way that Nathan Brown's hire was, was handled. Um, you know, just days after uh, Todd Payton rejected us in fairly classical circumstances to, to hit the panic button and um, and hire Nathan Brown is exactly why we're in the situation we're in now. And um, yeah, I think the last few weeks uh, don't reflect very well at all on
1: the Warriors administration. Mm. Mate, it's, it is tough times, um, but we appreciate you coming on and chatting, Will. Um, if you want to go and check out the podcast, it is the Warriors Life podcast. Uh, you can catch Will's tweets and uh, all of his podcasts. I find them often on Twitter. Um, Will, thanks each for coming on, mate, and giving us your thoughts.